0: Hello, welcome to the official AYC podcast. Each episode, we take a look at some fascinating topics as we prepare our hearts and minds for AYC 2021. This is The Road to AYC with your host, Morgan Vincent. I just want to let you know that registration for AYC 2021, the online convention, is going to be from this Sunday, the 6th of December, at noon. It's going to be free, the registration, and it's going to be on the website. The website is ayc.life. That is ayc.life. Be sure to register, spread the word, AYC 2021. Hello and welcome to another podcast. We are on our second to last as we head into the road to AYC. It's only a couple of months away now, and today we're going to be discussing the topic of why truth. Now, for some of us, if you've been following along with the podcasts, you, you'll kind of be getting the general trend that you, for some of us, we're just familiar with these words. We're familiar with these ideas and this one being truth, that sometimes we can almost be inoculated or kind of numb to it. <clears throat> and so today, I'm joined by Mark, Mark Sutherland, good friend of mine, and we're going to be discussing why truth, why it's important, why we need it, or if we don't need it. And so, Mark, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, cool. So, look, Mark, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing. It'll, it'll kind of help us with where we're going and for the listeners today.
1: Alright, cool. So I'm currently living in Kurrambong, Australia. I'm a second. I'm actually going into my third year of ministry in theology at Avondale College. Um, I guess I started my journey with ministry and Bible work and everything like that in 2017 when I did the Arise Discipleship Program in Kingscliff. And so yeah, it's been um, it's been a pretty amazing journey. It's been, it's been challenging, but um, yeah, by God's grace, I'm still here. So mm. yeah, it's awesome. Cool cool. No, that's awesome. So basically you you
0: you're devoting not just years of study but a a lifetime to pursuing basically in a nutshell the topic of truth.
1: Yeah, um I am. I am, but to be honest, I don't think it's I don't think it's a theme that is just limited to those studying ministry. Okay. Um I would have to say if 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 I think everybody of all occupations or walks of life, if if we're honest with ourselves and all that we do, I think it would be wise that we'd all be on this journey of trying to find out well, what is true. Mm, mm. Um, I think, I think it's now it's probably more important than ever. I had my professor of mine actually describe that we're no longer even living in a postmodern modernist age. He described the culture that we live in is actually liquid and quite quite it's not quite um a strong enough word for it but yeah a really liquid and divided culture where people are trying to find solutions and people um have become very dogmatic and tribalist in their worldview and what they regard as truth and that's always existed to some extent but i feel like through the rise of social media and whatever else it seems to be a lot more connected and closer to home um and perhaps stoked a lot more than in previous decades yeah mm, okay no that's good that's good because
0: we we're, we're going to I'm going to the first question I'm going to throw to you Mark is why do we actually need an objective reality of truth and and what I mean by that is this like sometimes we can hear the the thought or we can talk with people and they can say words to the effect of yeah well that's what you believe and I'll kind of respect that but I have my own beliefs and, you know, it's different and and I believe it's true. And so we can kind of, as you said, you you use the word liquid. So, Mark, why do we actually need an objective reality of truth?
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that um, and ask that. It's a good question. It's not one of, I'd say, I completely have understood at this point in time. But I feel like even within that conversation... And even within that question, like, you and the person you're speaking to are still both agreeing on a principle of, like, respect. You're still agreeing that, like, you can have discourse with somebody and not agree exactly with their worldview. But there seems to be some semblance in that you can believe that you can have this discourse, yet you can disagree. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is that as a society and as people... If there aren't any common values or any common truths that we hold and we believe and if we actually believe we put into practice, I find it really difficult to see how society could could function and function orderly and for the um and for the better of most people, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. because even if, even if people weren't to weren't to agree with you. In a world of objective truth, you could come to the conclusion that we may have different worldviews, but we respect each other. And why do we respect each other? And you can go down that sort of line of thought of where we start to realize that there are some things we do hold in common, Mm -hmm. whether it's our basic humanity or God-given or whatever given rights that we have um, and autonomies that we have. The fact that we recognize that I think is an objective truth. And Mm. it's one we collectively subscribe to. And it's like, it really is the adhesive of society, in my opinion. Um, So yeah. Mm. It's,
0: I I would go so far as to say that if we discredit or throw aside like a foundation of truth, like a pillar of truth, something that anchors a person, a family, a community, a society, a world... If we don't have that, then basically it's kind of up to whoever then is maybe the most popular or the most powerful or who holds the seat of most power to then determine and decide what is that truth, what is that foundation. And, and if you're a, a student of history, whether uh, you know, in big or small ways, whether it's, it's an interest or a, you know, a kind of a passing thought for you, really society and the world void of god if god's not in the equation being that foundation and reality of truth then we just see so much swing if you will and sway within society and and it kind of i guess leads to our next question mark of society today why is there so much confusion like why is it whether it's in you know the secular world or if we're talking about the the christian world if someone's to read the Bible why are there so many different conclusions? I mean, after all, like surely we're all reading the same Bible, maybe a different version, but you're all reading the same Bible. And how can we come to such completely different
1: outcomes? Yeah, I think, I think the fact is, since the fall that we see in the book of Genesis, man has been predisposed to have a deceitful heart. Like well you know when that verse says that the heart's deceitful above all things, who can know it? Like our predisposition is to be deceived. And to be and to be deceived is to genuinely believe something that is not the truth or something that's other than the truth. So I think confusion even even from way back and we see that in Genesis um I believe it's eleven with the Tower of Babel, like man has always been confused. Mm. when When left to his own devices, and so it doesn't surprise me that even today you know we have like what is it over thirty thousand Christian denominations um and and branches within that, and even perhaps even within adventism you know we we probably have some offshoots and so it doesn't it doesn't really strike me as um something to be surprised at that we all come to different conclusions. Because I think our predisposition is to be deceived. But there is a verse I'd like to share. And it comes from John chapter 16 and verse 13. And it really touches, Morgan, on what you were talking about earlier. In that we need something outside of ourselves. Man needs something outside of himself Mm. to clarify and to point out what objective truth is. And we as Christians, especially Seventh-day Adventists, um, believe that the Word of God is that. um, And it is that clarity that we have. And there's this verse in John 16 and verse 13, and I think it sums it up well. And the Bible says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And that's read from the NIV. Mm. And so we see this story in the Bible all through scripture where man is in constant need of a power outside of his, himself to guide him in truth and jesus is speaking here and he's saying there's a spirit of truth that is comes from without but that that spirit comes and guides us and i think that and i, I shouldn't say think i believe that's what the bible says plainly that that's what can be our only safe you know rule um and our only safe guide when it comes to um discovering truth.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, I, it's, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, that we need someone or something outside of ourselves, outside of our human experience to define what truth is. And, and what I love, it, we're going to kind of transition now to, to focus in on the person of Jesus. And I, I love the logic that C.S. Lewis brings out where he speaks of, you know, there, there is this, he would use the word this numinos or this higher power And this higher power, which of course, you know, I would believe and you would too, Mark, and for probably many of our viewers and and listeners, that 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 higher power, that Numenos is God, the God of the Bible. And then he is the the one who decides uh, and, and, you know, comes up with by giving to humans through scripture what that truth is. And then to take it a step further, he doesn't just tell us what the truth is. He doesn't just tell us, this is why you need truth, and this is why you need to believe the truth. He then, in the form of his son, Jesus, God then becomes a human and fulfills, or he then demonstrates what the truth is. So that's quite amazing to think that that the God of the Bible doesn't just come from a high and exalted position and say, this is the truth, you better live up to it. He then comes, as you've mentioned He gives us the Holy Spirit and Jesus came and demonstrated how we can live the truth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I think we have to get away from this idea that truth is simply knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm just going to add to what you're saying, if truth is found in Jesus and we know Jesus describes himself as, he doesn't, describe himself as having truth or sharing truth, although he did these things. But he actually describes himself as the truth incarnate. Mm. Um and as you know, as as someone as we as we believe from the Bible that Jesus has come from God and that he is God. And Jesus's instructions to people are always to follow him. And so truth has one one aspect of it, yeah, is is to acknowledge it. But then truth has something else to it where acknowledging it is not enough. And if it's true, your actions follow. And I think we really see that in the story of Jesus um, and what he did to, to earth when he came to earth. Because when you think about it, I was talking to you earlier about that scene of the crucifixion, right? And we have Jesus there, the truth. And and Pilate comes to him and asks, asks Jesus, well what is truth you know he's in the middle of a trial he can see that jesus is is in is innocent he can see jesus for who he is and then outside you have a mob who are so ideologically driven so driven by you know a hate and a and a despising of the truth which is jesus and you have these two camps of people that one that like that don't believe the truth flat out and then you have another side in Pilate that believe and underst- like know the truth and know Jesus is, in- uh, is innocent in this case, but yet choose to wash their hands of it and walk away from it. Mm. And the fate of those who are ideologically driven and deceived and the fate of Pilate, for example, who acknowledged the truth, like who knew who Jesus was and that he was innocent in this trial, because Pilate didn't take that step further in that act of faith to stand up to what was true and to act on what was true, unfortunately, from what we get from the Bible and its, and its story is that Pilate's end was the same as those who were deceived. And so truth, when we say we want to know the truth, I think sometimes we have to pause for a second and think, well, do we? Because truth garners a response and it needs a response. It's not enough to mentally just assent to it, but truth seems. To, if we're looking at truth from the biblical definition, and that is found in Jesus, it requires an action towards it. Mm.
0: And 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 I would go so far as to say, if you don't take a uh, a positive, proactive, uh, you know, approach to the truth, maybe mm. you know, following something that mm. you know that God has revealed. To not act is to act,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so, yeah. so 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 there there really is no fence, yeah. If you will, you you can't sit on the fence when it comes to truth. You're either for it or against it. There's no middle ground. There's no middle camp because if you don't act in accordance with the truth, to not act is still to act, and so, yeah. But, you know, even on that, you know, I think about even someone like Peter, for example. He, you know, and of the crucifixion and, you know, the death that Jesus would die, he's just like, look, you can't be serious. Like, there's no way you can go through with this. Uh, And then it's amazing how we see someone like Peter go from denying Jesus to then when we read the book of Acts, we see him declaring that Jesus is Messiah. Mm. And so there's almost, there's so much potential in humanity to do so much bad or to do so much good to to be so uh indecisive and you know just kind of reacting against the truth can lead to someone totally denying jesus but then someone who follows the truth can do so much good for the cause of the truth Mm -hmm. and so it's a polarizing thing really in, in 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 some ways yeah definitely so i guess another question mark were you, were you raised, for, for those listening, were you raised in, in a Seventh-day Adventist home? Yeah, so I was. Okay, so for those of you, I, I was too, and, and, and that can be a blessing or a curse. It may seem a strong word to say, but I want to transition now and, and think about your experience growing up, going to church week after week, you know, getting to know this Seventh-day Adventist message... Uh, and, 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 and realizing at some point in your life, yeah, I actually want to commit my whole life to this. I mean, for you, what was it that, that kind of brought you over the line to say, you know what, I don't want to just continue hearing about it from other people. I don't want to just kind of put it off. Like I actually want to put everything in, commit everything I have and know the truth. The person of Jesus.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked a little bit before about how truth is more than just a knowledge, and that kind of view is very Hellenistic, I think. But what do you tri- mean by Hellenistic? Well, what I mean by that really is just we've come from, we've come from a train of thought. Um, perhaps it goes back to Greek times, but I wouldn't just say it's a Greek thing. Um, we've come to this train of thought where you know truth seems to just be and perhaps we treat the bible a little like that truth just seems to be this mental ascent. assent mm. to assent to things and facts and and stuff really where you nod your head and you agree it's real but if but if you were put into, put perhaps into a predicament where you've got to act on it maybe our heart would be a little bit slower than our head i say that because in my upbringing I have no regrets and I have, and I think it was a blessing in that my parents did raise me to understand why I was an Adventist. Um, they raised me well, you know, like in regards to memorizing scripture and from a young age, I just knew, you know, my dad would pull out a heavy Bible that weighed like five kilos and drop it on the kitchen table <laughs> in the morning for breakfast and, you know, tell me what the three angels' messages meant, why I was an Adventist. And I saw my peers and a lot of my friends, to be honest, in church that, that have a lot of questions, you know, well, why Adventism? You know, what's different to this, to other other churches, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And to be honest, I can think of hardly any that are still in the church. And I don't say that, and I'm not comparing in that because I knew stuff and they didn't. This is why we, we perhaps are different places in life right now. But for me... Even knowing everything that I knew, and I'm not saying I was some skull obviously, but I was raised well to know who I was that as an Adventist, but we we're talking about you know, Jesus being the truth earlier, and it really wasn't until I had come in contact with the truth, which is Jesus, that I decided that yeah, I wanna I wanna follow him. I had um I had a lady, I was at an evangelistic series of- And some former RI students were running it and like, you know, I was just, I'd heard the meeting so many times before and all the content. Uh, Don't get me wrong, like you always learn something new, but generally speaking, you just know what it's all about. And I had a lady come to me afterwards and we're talking and she could just see something was wrong with me, probably. I was probably a little um, pig-headed and stubborn. And so she came back with a book. And it was called <laughs> there was actually a book called by Morris Vennon called um ten, ten I think I think it was called uh Ten Ways to Make Christianity Real. The book was like from the eighties, had like yellow pages, a weird green colour, and there's this dude with this this mad mutton chop mo on the back. Anyway, I got reading the book and within a few pages it had me in tears. And I'm not saying that like, you know, the emotions are what validates truth or anything like that. But I guess the point is you have a heart encounter with who Jesus is. And until you do, until it's a personal experience where, like in John chapter 3, where for Nicodemus, he knew everything. I mean, he's the equivalent of like a plant-based diet, you know, Sabbath-adhering, Seventh-day Adventist scholar. And the guy knew everything. But he had yet to come in contact with truth, mm. with what Christian truth actually is, which is found in Jesus. And the most simple the most simple lesson to him went over his head and he didn't understand it. And it took a few years. But like we saw in John 16, 13, that that spirit of truth comes. And when it comes to the heart and makes the reality known, the objective reality known that Jesus Christ had lived, had died for you and he's risen again, and if you're an Adventist, you'd understand that right now he's interceding for you. When that truth hits home and that love of God hits home to you in a way that only the Spirit can bring, it's then and only then you have a true encounter with truth. Mm. Because the, in, in the rest, like what matters in the end? Mm. In the end, everything goes, is vanity anyway. Like Solomon says, the wise and the fool, they have the same end. Mm -hmm. From from dust you come and dust you return. And so until we as people, and until you as an individual or whoever's listening, until you have an encounter with the man, Jesus Christ himself, the way, the truth, and the life, until that truth is established, and by faith you say, yes, I want to follow that truth, wherever he goes, whatever he says, whatever he reveals, even if I don't understand it completely at the time, until humanity agrees to say yes to that objective truth we're always going to be fumbling in the dark mm. and all our scientific methods all our theories all our enlightenments they're just going to be phases that are going to dwindle and we're going to be end up with the same problems um, there's nothing new under the sun just tell Solomon so yeah that that's what I would you know plead with anyone when it comes to truth to meet the truth, which is in the man, Jesus Christ. Mm. No, that's awesome, Mark. And it, going on from that, Jesus says,
0: I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And so this, this I am phrase, uh, you know, we're familiar with from, say, Exodus 3. But it's interesting because, you know, he, the I am is this this kind of continuous phrase of, you know, he was the truth. He is the truth right now and he always will be the truth. And so it's amazing to think that we, if we would say that, yes, I'm a seventh day Adventist is we have the same Jesus who lived on this planet, as you said, is now interceding. Like the truth doesn't stagnate. It doesn't, it's not just for a time, Mm. but it's continuous and it's eternal in its principles and in its pursuit really of each human. And, Another one of my favorite verses just to as we bring it to a close is that you know God desires truth in our inward parts mm. you know in our inward being in the very mm. and this is so true because God he formed us and knit us together in our mother's womb and God doesn't want that disconnect between you know our mind and our heart he wants us to love him and to know the truth with with our heart with our soul
1: with our mind and with our strength with every single thing that we have yeah you know as we wrap this up you and i like we're born deceived and since the fall with adam and eve we've been in it we've been in this pit of despair where we live deceived and we die and we we're slaves to our nature we're slaves to our predicament and that you know it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what diet you're on you know how well you live you we all end up in the same place and I think truth, it does something beautiful in that. Whether it's hard to hear at the time or not, Jesus has this promise about truth in John chapter 8 and verse 32. And he says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if the truth is found in Jesus, and you know that truth, and you know him personally, you're set free You know, through his Spirit. You're set free from not only just yourself, and your own, your own inclinations and desires of your heart, but you're set free from death. I mean, really, those who pass away in Jesus are just sleeping for a little while, and so we're set free from these lies that we've, bought, we've been we've been um, tricked into by the devil um, and by ourselves, ultimately too. And so, truth is liberating, mm-hmm. whether it hurts or whether it doesn't. To know your condition is the best thing anyone can do to move forward. Mm. And so, and Jesus, you know, in his presence, whether you're a Pharisee or whether you're a tax collector, people knew that, knew who they were, and they, and they realized the stark difference. But then he always offered them a way out and to set them free. Mm. And so to those listening right now, if you know the truth that is Jesus Christ, it will set you free. And that's a promise that you and I and anybody listening um can take with them, and that's the beauty of it awesome mark that's a yeah that verse is golden to end on
0: because when you know the truth, the truth sets you free so so to 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 kind of bring it all to a close why do we need truth why do we why truth to answer that question well, the truth sets us free we can't set ourselves free, and that is in a nutshell why truth is critical uh, for you in your life, for the life of your family, your community, your friendship networks, and really for society at large. Uh, Let's let's be grounded in the truth. Let's be in connection with the living person of Jesus Christ. And so from Mark and I, we hope that this podcast has been a blessing. We hope that you've been encouraged or challenged or motivated, uh, but... Whatever you were, we just pray that you, you have a more intimate and deeper experience and walk with uh, the truth, which is Jesus. Stay tuned. There's going to be more uh, as we lead up into the, uh, well, yeah, to the road to AYC. So be sure to watch out for that as well.